so this last Thursday, I'll wait for them to all go. Can somebody flip the lights on the way out? Thank you. Yep, I want to see everybody. I can't see you. Here we go. Uh, this last Thursday, not this past Thursday, but the Thursday before that, I signed up for uh, Medicare. And, uh, and so uh, November, I get it. And uh, this morning, I am uh, full of evidence that I'm ready for Medicare. I was down at camp this morning, and I left at 610, and I walked out. I got to Rushville, and I left my teeth beside my bed. So <laughs> I am fully ready for Medicare, even though, oh, man, I can't believe I forgot them. Sheesh. All right. Anyway, you're going to have another day with lisp of Jeff. Sorry about that. But uh, they're all fine. My teeth are fine. It's just they're down on my uh, soaking in, in my uh, cleanser. So they didn't make the trip. <sighs> Dumb Jeff. All right. Well, we're glad you're here today. And if you're visiting with us, thank you for being uh, part of our service today. We invite you to come back next week as we really uh, hit into the fall. And we believe a lot of our folks will come back from camping and different places where they are today. Uh, and so we're glad that you're here. We're going to start a new series today. Uh, we are moving away from the Let's Talk About Worship series, and we're going to talk about um, upside-down living for Jesus. And what does that exactly mean? What does that look like? What does upside-down living, what are you even talking about when you say upside-down living for Jesus? I read an article uh, that was titled, Your Mom Lied to You. I read this right after Mother's Day. And uh, I kept it, and it's got about 10 things that most moms lie to us, Mo older moms, I would say, not, maybe not some younger moms, but I picked out two in particular because they were things that my mom really uh, highlighted to me, and I believed them. So here they are. Uh, one of the lies was when you get a cut or a hurt, you put hydrogen peroxide on it. How many of you were told that, that you put, and, and come to find out, it, it, it attacks. It, it doesn't do any good at all. But I, I, I still, to this day, I think I still put it on cuts and stuff because my mom told me to do it. I don't think, I don't think she was really lying, but it, it, it felt like I felt kind of lied to after I found that out. Another lie my mom used to tell me, and this was, she was always on me because a lot of you have noticed me. I, I'll be standing up here and I'm doing this. I'm cracking my knuckles. That you're not supposed to crack your knuckles because if you crack your knuckles... You get arthritis. That ain't true. I read three studies, and they, they showed three studies, and then I went and saw this one. Here, Dr. Uh, let, me, let me quote him. Dr. Donald Unger spent 60 years of his life, and he did this on himself. He cracked his left knuckle, on his left hand, for 60 years, 438,000 times he cracked the knuckle, but on his right hand, he didn't. And at the end of those 60 years, no difference. No difference. So in one, two, three, let's all crack our knuckles. Ready? One, two, three, go. All right. Mine, I cracked mine already, so mine are done. Where am I going with this, Jeff? Here's where I'm going. What if all along you've just kind of gone along with things because they were told to you? What if just because... People said things to you, you just kind of believed them. I think that's a lot of life. I think we see things on our social media, and we believe them. <laughs> I think people important to us tell us things, and we believe them. 
I think it's very important to understand that everything we hear is not, not necessarily true. If you study the ministry of Jesus, here's what you'll find. He spent a whole lot of time debunking myths that the early church leaders told everybody. He would come in and he, would, he was probably what we would call the first myth buster. He, he busted all the myths that were, that were out there according to the church and what they were telling people, what was important to stick to. And so Jesus came along and he would say things like, you've heard it said this, but this is the way of the Lord. He would say things like, I tell you something different. Let me speak something different to you today. I believe that it was hard for people to accept Jesus when he comes along and he turns things that they thought about all their life and he turns them upside down. And I think the people back then had trouble and I think people today have trouble with Jesus' teachings. It may be hard for us to believe, but the people back in that culture, they had actually created this environment in the temple or the church, or the house of God, that when certain people would come to the temple, they didn't feel welcome because they were a certain kind of person. There were certain kind of people that just weren't welcome in the temple of God. But Jesus comes along, and he has a whole brand new game. He has a brand new saying, the way he, he, he starts talking to people. And he comes along, and as we understand that today, Jesus began to rail against the, the church. And he didn't do it in a harsh way. He did it in a very soft and gentle way and came up alongside people and said, this is, this is another way. This is it. And I believe back then it was hard for people to come to the temple. And I believe today it's hard for people to come to the temple, to the church. Because we have this idea in our heads of what people should be here and what people shouldn't. A lot of their ideas were like this. You got to have your act together to be here. You got to have your act together. Because if you don't got your act together, what the heck are you doing here? And, you know, we, we all say that that's not true. But you all have people in your mind that you go, man, look at who they are. Look at what they do. They're not, I'm not like that. I'm sure glad I'm not that way. I'm sure glad I'm not like them. Woo. And I believe the people back then were that way. And I believe some of us today are like that. And Jesus is going to address some of these commonly held issues with the people today. And he, he starts out, and we're starting out today with tackling one of the things that Jesus was most adamant about. He was very adamant about brokenness. He was adamant about brokenness. It's a word you don't use much these days. We don't use the word broken. We don't like to use that. You don't put that in your resume. Broken for 14 years straight. I like a job here. I'm very broke. I'm broken. I got nothing. You never do that. What do you do? You hide it. <laughs> you don't ever say, I'm struggling. I'm struggling to put one foot in front of the other. I'm struggling to, to even get up in the morning. I'm struggling to have this thought. I'm struggling not to say this. I'm struggling to say that. That's how, we, that's how we live in our world today. And Jesus comes along in this culture and he begins to turn that thought upside down. 
Because even back then, the people in the church were in what I would call a throwaway culture. We live in it completely today. We have a throwaway culture. They make things that you go to the store to get for you to last maybe a couple years or maybe even a year or maybe even one time. Why? So you have to buy again. So you have to get again. We make things to break. We make things to be thrown away. I'm pretty certain that sometimes we treat people like that too. That there's people that just aren't welcome around me. They may be welcome to my church, but I'm not going to go talk to them. They may be okay. They may be different, but I'm not going to get close to them. I'm not going to find myself in their proximity very much. I may shake their hand and glad you're here, but down deep I'm going, man, why are you here? (laughs) You're broke. You're broke. And so Jesus kind of gives us a different way to look at broken things. Jesus is going to say, come here, come here, come here, please, come here. I want to give you a different way to look. I want to show you something different. I want to show you that there's more to that person that's broken than what the eye really sees. Usually when something is broken, its value declines, it goes down. One of the jobs I had Friday when I was down at camp, I've been trying to clean the camp up. My dad was a, was a um, hoarder, and he hoarded a lot of things. And so the last 15 years, I've been kind of throwing things away a little at a time. You know, I, I didn't do it all at once because my mom was around, and there was holy things at the campground, and there was plates and dishes and cups and plates. You know, those are holy things. Those are things that you need. And so Friday, I took a whole load of that stuff. It was one of my trailers away. And I, I was throw, as I was throwing that stuff away, I thought, you know, that stuff is really important to my mom, but it's not important to me. I found some stuff in there that was really important to me. I found two old antique bells that I'm going to come, I'm bringing back, and I'm going to sell them on Facebook Marketplace. I found an old antique bucket, really old, broken, looks rusty. But I went on Facebook Marketplace, and it looks like I could maybe get 50 bucks for it. It's sitting in that trailer, something that looks broken is not really broken. And so I I say all that to say this today, is that that Jesus came, and when he came to this established church that we're going to look at in Luke chapter 7, he comes and he starts right out talking to one of the leaders in the church, a little guy named Simon. And I'm not going to read the scripture today because it's a long passage, but if you want to follow along or you want to read this week, Luke 7 is where this story is found. It's about this guy named Simon, and Jesus comes to Simon's house. And as Jesus comes to his house, he gets there, and Simon is giving him kind of a cold shoulder. Let me tell you a little bit about Simon. He's a church leader, studied the Bible for years, knows everything there probably is to know, backwards and forwards, and he invites Jesus to his house, a very intimate place, a very intimate gathering, because most time people stayed on the steps of the temple or stayed, they would talk and do that, but he invites Jesus home. Why he did this and then treats him like this, I'm not necessarily sure. But if you look in the passage, and we're going to read a passage of it here in just a minute, he invites him into the house, and he didn't wash his feet. Today we would say shake his hand or maybe give him a hug or or some kind of gesture. He didn't wash his feet. 
He didn't kiss his cheek. That was a big thing back then. When somebody came into your house, you kissed their cheek. Or if you really were uh, something, you would have a, a gift or something for them to have. This guest, this special honored guest to come into your house. Simon has done none of this. He's done none of this. He's a Bible teacher. He knows the word. He's not really looking forward to this, this, this teacher, this rabbi coming into his house. And then in verse 40, 37, Simon does this, or Jesus does this. I think I put that up there. A woman who lived a simple life enters the picture. It says that a woman who lived a simple life. One of the versions says a sinner. You look that up and you look up the context of that and it basically means she was a prostitute. She was late of the night. So she crashes, she crashes the, the dinner party. And she comes in for whatever reason. She was not welcome. People are looking and going, what the heck is she doing in here? Why is she here? You know her. And some of them probably like, well, I just saw her the other night. You know, it's not good. This lady shows up in their presence and it is not good. Why is she here? Maybe she heard something that Jesus taught and she just wanted to go. She just had to be there. And so in her brokenness, she shows up at this dinner party. Now get this. She would never have been invited to this party in a thousand years. This was not a safe place for her. Her feelings were going to be hurt. People were going to say to her, and probably had already said to her, what are you doing here? Get out of here. Do you know that Simon's got a guest here? Get out of here. And she pushed forward. And she pushed forward. Now let me say this about that real quickly, and I'll move on. People today, unless they're really broken, they don't push a lot. That's why it's important for us to be catchers and catch people and see that when they're broken, we move to them because they're not going to push to us because we're not Jesus. Now, they may see Jesus in us, but they're not going to push their way. It's important to be a catcher and say, ooh, she's here. I need, to, I need to somehow, God wants me to do something with that person. But this person pushes and pushes and pushes, and she goes to the main event, the center stage, the guy who's reclining on the floor, and she goes up to him. Why is she there? She stands at the filthy feet of Jesus, and she looks down. You know, we've talked about this before. Why did they wash feet? It wasn't just ceremony. It was because there was stuff on them, bad stuff. People didn't have this kind of sanitary stuff that we had. There was, you figure it out. There was animals all around. Their feet were not clean. And she's, she's standing there over these filthy, filthy feet. Somehow the Bible kind of lets us know that Jesus welcomes her. Maybe a smile. We don't know. But she comes over and she just stands there and she looks at these feet. And the Bible says that she's undone. And her faith just begins to well up and she gets these tears. And the tears are not just joy. The tears are going, why did they not wash his feet? This, this, she, here she is. She's this broken person that everybody doesn't like. Nobody wants to be there. And she understands the customs. 30 feet, wash. 
The Bible says that she takes a, a vial that's around her neck. Trust me, it wasn't for this. <laughs> it was, you know, to take a drop out of it and put it on every night for a different guy. Oh, I'll smell good today, you know. For this guy, I'll feel I'll smell good for that guy. It was a trait of her, of her business. It was what she did. It's who she was. So she walks up to Jesus, and the Bible says she didn't just put a drop on. She poured the whole bottle. A whole bottle. Expensive costly stuff that cost her a lot. She was undone by Jesus. And the, she looked around for a towel and there was no towel. And she did the unthinkable. She did an intimate, intimate thing that only a wife would do to a husband. She bent down on her hair and she cleaned Jesus' feet with her hair. Gross. But she was broken Simon's going, what in the world is she doing? Why would she do that? Stupid lady. One drop at a time, nope. Everything, all poured out. That's why we say when we come to worship, we pour it all out. We, here we are, God. Here I am to worship. I am bare. I am broken. Here's my all. She shows us a great example. Her whole life, her whole life's earnings, what, what she depends on, she gives to Jesus. And it was such a reckless thing. It was impulsive. And Jesus looks at her and he sees beauty. He sees beauty. And so the story, Jesus does this. He turns everything upside down. So Simon's sitting here, and he's getting ready to, Jesus is going to pop off. You know, he's going to say something. Woman, what are you doing with my feet? You know, get away. That's not appropriate. Nope. He rebukes Simon the Pharisee. <laughs> he rebukes Simon, and he turns around, and he looks at the prostitute, and the Bible says he loves her. He loves her and he believes that she's beautiful. Verse 48, he says to you, her, your sins are forgiven. A sinner is made sinless just by his words. Verse 50, he goes on and says, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Beautifully broken, whole. Go in peace. What does he mean to say? When it, is that just a greeting? No. Lady, when you came in here, you were in pieces, and the peace that you're going to get as you leave here, knowing that you're okay with your maker, is undeniable. Go in peace. Came here broke, go out broke, but whole. <laughs> Flipped upside down. Simon's mind is going, what? Crazy. Next slide. So, who would you rather be? Simon the perfect or the sinner who's lifted up? Next slide then, please. Okay, I want to read this to you. It says this, 744 through 46. Then he turned toward the woman and he said to Simon, Hey, bud, you see this woman? I came into your house. You didn't give me any water for my feet. But she wet my feet 
with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You know, give me a kiss. But this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. She can't stop. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet, the whole bottle. Now go back to the next last slide before that. And so I ask you this question again, one more time. Who would you rather be? Now don't answer, because it's a trick question. Would you rather be Simon the perfect or the sinner who's lifted up? Don't answer, don't answer. Here's why it's a trick question. Because we in the church, we want both. We want both. Like we want to be well respected. We want to have it all together. We don't want to see people us snotting all over the place. I am a broken mess. I came in here because my life is falling apart. But yet I won't, I won't shed a tear. I won't tell anybody. I'll go through hell in a handbasket before I tell you bunch of idiots. That's what some of you think and act like. You're sure not saying it to God. Maybe some of you are. That was, that was judgmental. I'll back that off a little bit. You can't have it both ways. You can't have your life all together and be broken too. You can't have it both ways. If you want to be made whole, you've got to admit that you're broken. There's no way to wholeness except the door that's marked broke. Broke. You say, Jeff, why are you talking to us like this? I'm talking to you like this because a lot of you, you come in here week after week after week with tons of pain, tons of hurt, and you're reserved, and you're sweet, and you're kind, and you got a pseudo kind smile on your face. All the while, your life is falling apart everywhere, and you're grieving, and you're hurt, and you're, you're pained, and you're, you, you just, you're beyond anything you've ever felt in your life. And you don't trust people because people will laugh at you and like Simon go, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you here? Why are you being like that? Why are you being like that? So here's the good news I came to share. Not all that it's your broke. I didn't come to tell you that. I tell you that a lot. I tell you that a lot. I say I'm broke. And I tell you you're broke. But you don't act like it. And I don't know if you act like it to anybody. And I wonder why that is. What's wrong with a little emotion? What's wrong with a little crying, a little snot coming out of your nose? What's wrong with that? Well, they won't think I've got it all together. Right. We don't think you've got it all together already. We know. You're broke. That, that's been settled. That's been settled. We're all broke. I said that. So remember, let's go back to Simon. Here's Simon. He's sitting there thinking, she's the one that should be embarrassed. No, he's the one that should be embarrassed. Who's the one that gets rebuked for being broken? Simon. He's he thinks to himself, I'm not broken, I'm okay. I mean, I'm not like her. 
Ooh, that hurts a little bit. You ever thought that in your head? Come on. I'm not like them. Oh, they got a big mouth. Oh, they are always saying, oh, they're always crying. They're always, they're always griping about it. They're always doing that. You're, I'm not like that. That's not me. But we kind of identify with Simon a little bit, don't we? Here's the problem with Simon. He doesn't acknowledge that he's broken. Here's how broke this guy is. He knows the Bible. He knows the customs of everything there is. He keeps them daily to himself and to others at the expense of lifting Simon up. And Jesus comes to his house, this rabbi. He doesn't kiss his cheek. He doesn't wash his feet. He doesn't put oil. He's broke and he don't know it. I'm afraid some of you are that way today too. You're broke and you're not going to acknowledge it. The less that you see it in yourself, the more you need it. The more you need it. And so the point of my sermon today is this. It isn't that you're broke. <laughs> the point of the sermon is this. We've got to stop trying to hide it. And I'm talking to some of you that are going to be in groups this year. Maybe this isn't the place to come out and say, you know, I'm a sinner and I got this going on. But you need a group of people that you can do that with, that you can have a safe spot to say, I'm really hurting. And you know the reason most of you don't do that? Because you don't trust people with your stuff. Maybe rightly so. Because they're going to go blab somebody else. Did you know? Did you know? Did you know? We have to become more of a safe place for each other. And so when the, when the world starts coming in, the sinners come in, and they, they're coming. When they come in, they need to go, oh, yeah, they're just like me. I can, I can be real. I can pour myself out wholly, fully. We've got to stop trying to pretend like our pieces are all fitting together because, folks, none of your pieces are fitting together. I don't care if you're here today and you're a doctor or if you're here today and you make $9 an hour at McDonald's. McDonald's doesn't make $9 an hour, do they? They make 13 or 14 I don't know. I don't care what your wage is. Jesus doesn't care what your wage is. You need to be a place with people who can be vulnerable, who can say, I'm going through hell right now. Will you go through this with me? Well, I don't got the answers. Right, you don't. But Jesus does. Go through it with them. Go through it with them. Down deep, we all know we're broke. We long to live with a sense of brokenness. We long to just have our stuff all out there and to go, this is me. I'm unclean. That's, you know, back, back when the people had, had um, leprosy, they would have to put their hand over there. Anytime they come up to somebody, they would go, unclean, unclean. They would shout it out. Hey, that's what we need to do here. <laughs> broken, broken, it's me. Here I am, share. I'll walk with you. I don't understand it. I don't know what to do. But my, my Lord does. <laughs> Anybody feeling a little bit this morning? Anybody just feeling God a little bit? I pray you are. We're about done. Simon didn't realize it, but he was one of those people that was broken. And church, we are those people. That's the truth. 
Most of you in this room are one paycheck. You are one drug-addicted kid. You are one mental health diagnosis. You are one serious illness. You are one sexual assault. You are one drinking binge, one night of unprotected sex, or one affair from being one of those people. The ones we don't trust. The ones that we, in our mind, pity while we do our little dance and we do our little business out in life. I'm so good. I go to church. Don't you know me? You can trust me. I go to church. Can't keep anything you say private. I tell everybody. But I go to church. I love Jesus. Look around, church. Everybody in here is broken. At home, look, look, look around. Everybody is broken. There's not one person in this room or online that's not broken. We are the people. We are the people who ignore the hurt of others as long as our needs are being taken care of. As long as I'm cool, as long as I'm hot when I'm supposed to be hot, as long as I'm fed when I'm supposed to be fed, you know, I'll throw a few bucks at somebody else. I'll, you know, God bless you. Go do your thing. Be warmed and fed. Don't ask me to sacrifice a little bit, though, because that's too much. We are the people who go into debt to keep up with appearance. We are the people who look down on others because they're different from us in some way. You can all think, if, I, if, you're, if you're really truthful with yourself, there's somebody that walks into this church once in a while, and you go, man, why, what is their deal? It should never be that way. Their deal is just like your deal. We are the people who look down at others because they're not like us, who work 50 hours a week trying to prove our worth, who work and work and work and trying to get somebody to notice that I'm a good little boy and I'm a good wife. I'm a good mother. Just notice. We are the people who take the easy way out. We get onto porn sites when things aren't going good at home. We are the people who spend hours on social media trying to tell others, my life is great. Look what I'm doing today. All the while we miss what we're doing. So what do we do with it? What do we do with this? We try to hide it. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. So the bad news is also the good news of the gospel. The good news is that Jesus came to make things whole. And he turned things upside down. That's one of the things that we've got to start with this before I can move on to anything else that Jesus ever talks about when he talks about this is the way you're thinking, but this is the way it is. He turns a spotlight on you. He turns a spotlight on you, and he turns a spotlight on you. And he goes, you are those people. And so the bad news is, is bad, but the good news is great. God loves you, and he doesn't want you to stay the way you are. And if you're in Christ today, some of you need to repent. And that means to say, I'm sorry to God, not to me, not to anybody, to, to God. I'm sorry. And you need to turn around from that, that, 
that way that you've looked at people and say, today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be different. Today it's going to start different. I'm broken, they're broken. I want to walk along some people that are broken too because all of us want connection. All of us want somebody to go, I'm lonely, so am I, but you're married, it doesn't matter. I'm lonely. I got kids, I don't care, I'm lonely. I'm hurting. I'm going through a terrible, terrible pain. You should be able to grab another fellow believer and say, would you walk with me just a little bit? Jesus did that to his disciples. Hey, just walk with me. They're sleeping. Just walk with me for a little bit. Okay. A lot of us are asleep. And Jesus is saying today to you, wake up. Let's pray as the band comes. Jesus.